ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. C.J. Gardner-Johnson making it known where he's going. He's joining that dance line in Detroit. I wish they'd get rid of the gray on gray. They could do better than gray on gray. I love it when they just take the logos and the stripes off the helmet and go with the old blue jersey, the Barry Sanders Thanksgiving throwback uniform. Maybe we'll see C.J. Gardner-Johnson in that this Thanksgiving or some other time. But it is a one-year deal for C.J. Gardner-Johnson and the Detroit Lions. I just wrote on Saturday. When the dust settled on the first week of free agency, who's yeah, left? In right. our top 10 at PFT, crafted by Shereen Williams every year, she's the one that draws the short straw, and she actually enjoys doing it. Better her than me, because I don't know how you draw lines among these guys. I don't know how you make any sort of science when you're talking about different shapes and sizes at different positions. But in the final top 10, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Lamar Jackson's situation is unique because he's got the franchise tag. C.J., free and clear to be signed by anyone. He was the last guy in the top 10 who was out there and wrote on Saturday he's in one-year deal territory. Yeah, right. Because the money, as we said earlier in relation to OBJ, the money's gone. You do a one-year deal, you put a pin in it, you come back next year. You take another shot next year. And he overshot the market. He went higher than what he thought. Well, he went higher than what teams are willing to do. And he didn't get the long-term deal he wanted. So you do the one-year deal you have to do, and you try to do it again next year. And that's where, look, hey, he's got agents. Sometimes sometimes agents give you bad advice. I'm not saying every agent out there is always going to give you the best advice under the circumstances. Uh, but typically, typically, you're going to do better, typically, if you have that help. But sometimes you're going to get, you're going to get, and that, we don't know whether his agents were telling him that his demands were too high. Sometimes you have guys who are, ignoring good advice and are determined to do things a certain way regardless one year six and a half million guaranteed i've seen conflicting reports espn says it's worth up to eight million nfl media says it's eight million that can be a big difference because up to implies you have to hit certain triggers to get to the full package uh, either way, it's a lot less than we thought this guy was going to get yeah i think he's one of the like, kind of the shockers of free agency right you know, really actually two years in a row. Got traded to the Eagles from the Saints because the Saints gave Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, a lot of money, right? Which I was like, I, wow, I don't get that. I would have paid C.J. Gardner-Johnson with his age and where he's at in his life right now. He's one of the better safeties in football. But that's it, the only logical explanation I can come to is that he overshot the market and what he was expecting. You know, but what was he asking for exactly? You know, I, I don't know that, but he's the guy everybody in football is looking for on the defensive side. Safety slash nickelback, right? Can do a bunch of different things for your defense. He's awesome in the run game while also being awesome in, in coverage. I mean, one of the league leaders in interceptions, let alone like a, 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 an attitude setter. I mean, you've seen him and what he did for Sean Payton, the Saints and all. I mean, he's... He's that guy who kind of gets in everybody's face and, 
you know, gets the blood boiling a little bit. It's a phenomenal sign by signing by the uh, Detroit Lions. I mean, one, we know he fits the biting kneecap mantra of the Detroit Lions, and then two, hey, their secondary it was sucky ducky last year. It stunk. Oh, they're obviously they're going in on that department. You know, got Cam Sutton from the Steelers. That's great. Now you got, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That improves it. And I wouldn't be shocked if they went to that position again in the draft too. So uh, that's that's where I I love it for Detroit. But, yeah, I don't know what he was asking for, Mike, but I know I certainly look at safeties in football and go, wow, they're making this. He's every bit as good as that guy or should make more. I'm not saying he's Minka Fitzpatrick or Jamal Adams or Derwin James, but – you know, he's that next group of guys for me as far as, you know, the safety conversation goes in the NFL. My son has been helping me this week by keeping an eye out for any and all transactions as they're reported, and he'll text me. And he's particularly interested in guys that he would like to see wearing purple helmets. Oh, of course. So he sent me that last night fresh off the wire. With a with an expletive right after it, <laughs> he's twenty six. He can get away with that. And of course, I'm talking to the guy who was. I mean, what are you? Are you trying to explain yourself to me? I mean, geez. So, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so anyway, he sends me the tweet with f dash dash k, and I tried to make him feel better about it. And his quote was, "He's a difference maker," and he's you know, he's right. And how can you get a difference maker for up to eight million on a one year deal? Ruben Frank tweeted last night i'm told the eagles did indeed make an offer at the start of free agency but it wasn't what cj wanted and he turned it down and by the time he realized he misjudged the market the eagles had moved on to other priorities so he signed for less with detroit that's what reuben frank had to say last night it's unfortunate if it happened and if i'm the eagles wouldn't i hold back a wouldn't i see which way this puck is moving and hold back a little bit for when he does figure out on his own that he's overjudged the market, that I could get this guy back. I'd like to think they'd hold back up to $8 bucks to keep C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Chris, the guy had six picks in 12 games last year. I know. Year. Well, I think, you know, you, you couple what you just said there. That makes sense. That's kind of what it looks like. And then, oh, wait, we think we're going to lose him. And we lost Javon Hargrave. So, and we think we're going to lose him for what he's asking for. Okay, let's re-sign James Bradbury. Oh, okay. Hey, let's redo Darius Slay's contract. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, the market's this now for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? Well, crap, yeah. I mean, if you would have told us this four weeks ago, we would have signed you to a long-term deal with those numbers. But now we've allotted money in all these different areas, and, I, you know, that happens a lot, Mike, you know, kind of how you're explaining it there. And I would imagine that's kind of how it went down. They started to go, okay, he's gone, he's out of here. They allotted the money other places. And then, they, you know, you get stuck to go, oh, no, Wait, we could have got him for this, but it's too late. We've already made three or four moves to our team that took away that money. I, I, I would imagine, Mike, that's what happened. I, I'm sure they wanted the player back, but it certainly seems to, to, to be the look as far as, you know, we're concerned on the outside looking in here. And, Chris, it's entirely possible the Eagles communicated in very blunt terms with C.J. Gardner-Johnson's representatives. Here's what's happening. This is speak now, forever hold your peace. We're going to keep James Bradbury. We weren't sure what we we're going to do with Darius Slay, but we think we're going to work it out. And we're telling you from our experience where he is right now, he's eventually going to do a one-year deal that's going to be south of $10 million. So you either do that now before we commit to these guys, or we're not going to have the money when you finally realize that one year, $8 million is the best you're going to do. That's possible that that communication occurred because – how he's been around long enough to know how these trends play out. Guy overshoots the market, market settles down, guy comes back looking for a one-year deal so he can try it again next year. And that's the reality. That's what made Orlando Brown's contract even better for the Bengals. He was in one-year deal territory. Right. He does a four-year deal worth $16 million a year. When And this is something I need to write at PFT. He turned down a much better deal from the Chiefs last year. Right under the franchise tag right. and what he ultimately took. Now, I thought he would do one-year deal and try it again next year, and that's where Gardner-Johnson is. And uh, there's, a, there's a, a pretty good chance the Eagles made it clear to Gardner-Johnson that, that, that this is what's going to happen. So you can either do it now or you can wait, and you'll be doing it somewhere else. Now, hey, 
you know what? The Lions may be better than the Eagles this year. Who knows? The arrow was pointing up for them at the end of the season. This makes them better, Chris. Well, it, I mean, it definitely does. They're a team to watch out for. We know that. They got everything going in the right direction. Am I willing to say they're going to be better as of right now? No. You know, especially we know the, the Eagles got some draft picks coming here. They're sitting pretty. But so are the Lions. You know, but it is shocking. You know, again, we see Super Bowl teams lose players every year, but this uh, for the Eagles, it feels like more than what we usually see. I, I guess that's what I would say. It's been some mar- you know marquee names too that have left town. Um, so that's what you know it is a little bit shocking. But damn, they're still good, and we know Howie Roseman can build a team in a hurry. Well, you know, and there's another move the Lions could make, and it's probably it's probably best suited for another segment or another day, but. Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson. Wouldn't Lamar Jackson fit with what the Lions are currently doing? Wouldn't he? Yeah. Wouldn't he fit better than Jared well, Goff? Am, look, am, I, am I crazy to no, think that? No, no. I mean, listen, Lamar Jackson, this is where I, I don't like this comment. Like, Lamar Jackson fits anywhere. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, uh, awesome fits anywhere. I'm talking about what quarterback you have. Yeah. I mean, how many there, – there are many teams out there right. that should say, we're good. Yeah, yeah, really. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Eagles. Those are the six teams that can, from a football standpoint, say, yeah, sorry, Lamar, we're good. The rest of them should at least entertain whether and to what extent Lamar upgrades. And I just, I think if the Lions really wanted to go all in, if you really are chasing the brass ring, if you really want to transform your franchise, I don't know. It it just seems odd to me to settle for Jared Goff, the guy that you picked up a first-round pick in the Matthew Stafford trade because you were taking his awful contract off the Rams' hands. How is that the guy that you're building around if you're trying to get yourself to where you've never been? And we've got Lamar Jackson on the rundown later. I I, I kind of thought we did. Well, I skimmed it at least last night. We'll talk about him coming up. But as it relates to the Lions, if they really are trying to be better than the Eagles – if they really would like to get to their first Super Bowl ever, never been to a Super Bowl, wouldn't Lamar Jackson put you in a better position to do that than Jared Goff? All due respect to Jared Goff, but I think he would even say, yeah, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, they're keeping me. That's fine. But uh, Lamar Jackson's better than I am. Who out there would say that Jared Goff is better than Lamar Jackson? Objectively, it's the other way around. Everybody would say Lamar Jackson is better than Jared Goff. Exactly, exactly. Everybody's got you know the the hate of Lamar is annoying at times. I I see it too much on social media. Why would you pay a running back? Right? Why would you pay a running? What are you talking about? But everybody is willing to pay Jalen Hurts whatever he wants. And I want to go wait, but you're not going to pay Lamar, who's you know awesome, and then awesome also as a pocket passer. Like everybody's got to stop that too. He's he's good in the pocket. He's a good decision maker. He's an elite arm. So everybody like he fits in any offense. It's not that big of a deal now to run the offense and go, hey, we got five quarterback design run plays to add to the rest of the offense. Okay, whoa. All right, yeah, he's gonna make it better. But Mike, I will say this. You know, is there something too if you were gonna play the other side of this and go, well, hey, wait, Detroit, you know, they're kind of building something right now. And they are going in this direction, right? Does Lamar Jackson, you know, is that distraction? Does that slow down the upward trajectory of that? You know, is the team set up to really just jump off and go as it is right now? Because if they get Lamar Jackson, of course, they're going to have to trade things away. And that's going to mean less assets. And they're going to lose some of these first-round picks and things they got. So, you know, that there's there's that conversation, too. They could be that team that just looks at it and go, wait, we don't want to ruin. We finally got a culture and something good here. We don't want to, you know, risk it or or just, you know, discombobulate things for the Lamar Jackson thing. And, you know, to everything we've been talking about, Lamar and that conversation is dicey. Can you get a deal done? Will it happen? If we got to get a deal done three years from now, are you going to be able to get that done then with Lamar? There's a lot of conversations that go into dealing with them, you know, I think that are outside of football that probably scare a lot of teams and, and front office people. But he's still Lamar Jackson. I know he is. I, I know. I think of the, I think of the one-word profanity that my son sent when a Vikings rival gets C.J. Gardner Johnson. I suspect it would be that same word repeated a well, thousand times. 
if Lamar Jackson would show up in the NFC North. Just as Aaron Rodgers finally gets the F out, here comes Lamar Jackson as a member of the Lions at a time when the Lions are on the cusp of doing something pretty good. Chris, I think that if you really want, if you really want to transform your team, I mean, he fits better with the culture they now have there than Jared Goff. When you think of all this rough-and-tumble Chris Spielman kneecap biting, go out and play old-time football, Jared Goff is the which doesn't belong and why of that equation. He doesn't fit the Dan Campbell approach. And he just did well enough last year that they're like, well, you know what? Uh, We thought we'd be getting rid of him after two years, but he's good enough that we're going to keep him. But I just I think Jackson would fit the vibe there. I hear with you. The Lions I don't right disagree now, with far that. Far better than Jared. Goff. Well, well th- this is where again, doesn't it say something, or isn't it speaking to us that nobody's entertaining these things? Again, doesn't it say that maybe these people know things that we don't know? You know that that's all I think I'm trying to say. Again, I'm all for Lamar getting paid and doing all those things. You know that. I'm I'm sitting here telling all the social media haters, Lamar's awesome in any offense, no matter what. But it does hold some value or speak to something in the fact that nobody's making a play. Or you and I, who know a lot of people in football, have not heard one rumor about somebody like legitimately flirting or thinking about the idea of giving him this contract and making something happen that way. So... You know, th- that says something, too. And I don't know what it says, but it obviously says that, yeah, teams with quarterbacks that look at it and go, wait, that guy's better than our quarterback, but we're not going to deal with it. There, There's something there. And, again, I don't know exactly what that is. All I could do is connect dots and hear rumors and things like that. Let's do this. We'll take a break and yeah. continue the Lamar Jackson discussion because there were other developments over the weekend. But I'll, I'll just say this. Yeah. As we ponder more on Lamar Jackson. You've got your football operations people. You've got your owner. Sometimes the football people say yes. The owner says no. Sometimes the owner says yes. Football people say no. I have a feeling in this situation, you got some football people that would be willing to do it. And you've got some owners for reasons we've discussed ad nauseum over the past couple of weeks. Right. Not willing to do what needs to be done. But we'll take a break and delve even deeper into what's happening or not with Lamar Jackson when PFT Live continues right after this. So Lamar Jackson has teased over the weekend an interview of Lamar Jackson. It has not landed yet. It's going to be on his YouTube page. And we can only speculate on the things he may address, his experiences so far as a franchise tag player, who's contacting him, who he's interested in, where he'd like to play, what he'd like to do. Is he ready to leave Baltimore? Does he want a fully guaranteed contract? There's been an effort of late to get the word out, I'm told, that he doesn't want a fully guaranteed contract. Of course, well, you can say I don't want a fully guaranteed contract, but you want 95% of it fully guaranteed. Or I don't want a fully guaranteed contract, but I need $220 million to be fully guaranteed out of a $300 million deal. I mean, you know, so you can seem reasonable, but you still want a hell of a lot. Regardless, it'll be his opportunity to say whatever he wants to say, and we just sit back and absorb it, like we did last week with Aaron Rodgers. It's his chance to speak. And Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, the two biggest names in football right now, as we wait to see what's going to happen with them. We think we know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. We have no idea what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. And I don't know whether or not this interview is going to shed any light on it, but obviously it's going to be must-watch whenever it does land, Chris. Well, yeah. I hope you know. Hey, it, One thing is it, it's a good chance for Lamar to get the word out or maybe control the narrative around him a little bit, you know, his way. So I'm all for that. You know, we're all sitting here speculating, clueless. Anybody you talk to in the history of Lamar Jackson's NFL career, they have a hard time getting in contact with him. You know, it doesn't matter what walk of life it is. So, you know, here's a chance for us to kind of get to know the guy on a different level, and maybe he can explain some things to us, and I'm all for that. But, yeah, as it sits right now, I was like, we don't know, but we know. As it sits right now, I go, like, I have no faith or confidence that something other than Lamar Jackson back to the Baltimore Ravens is going to happen. 
I, I don't see any other any other thing happening right now, just the way things have been done over the last you know year and a half or two years, Mike. And remember the sequence of events, folks. Right now, he can talk to any other team as long as they currently have their 2023 and 2024 first-round picks. He can sign an offer sheet with one team. The Ravens would then have five business days to match or not match. If the Ravens don't match, they get those two first-round picks. If there isn't an offer sheet, the Ravens can negotiate a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson through July 17. After that, all the Ravens and Lamar can do is a one-year deal. But the Ravens can offer him more than the $32.4 million non-exclusive franchise tender. And that's when I think the battle line gets drawn the last two weeks of July, Chris, as training camp looms. The question will be, will Lamar Jackson play for 32-4? Or will he say, I'm not showing up for 32-4. I want 45. I want the exclusive level. Or I want 40. Or I want 50. Who knows? And the other side of it, too, that I'd be concerned about if I'm the Ravens, if he plays for 32-4 or anything less than what he wants, if he feels like he's not getting what he deserves, are we going to be right where we were last year, where there's an injury and he doesn't come back from the injury as quickly as you think he should if you're the Ravens? Are there going to be those moments where he, he misses practice because of stomach issues, misses a game because of stomach issues? I remember when he was going through the stomach issues, I'm thinking they need to check this guy for Crohn's disease. I'm serious. I mean, like, I remember when Jay Cutler was losing weight and nobody knew why and nobody bothered to... Check him for diabetes. Blood test and see if he had diabetes. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's astounding, and we hear from time to time criticism of the basic health care these players get. Yeah, there's a chance that he had some illness that needs to be properly diagnosed. But if you believe you haven't gotten what you deserve, your long term financial reward, regardless of the why, if you believe you haven't gotten it, it's a different mindset when they expect you to go out there and play at less than 100. percent And that's what the Ravens may be walking right into. They may not want this one-year deal at 32-4. It may be in their best interest to say to him, we will give you 45 to play for one more year. I, but, but who knows even then if he Well, yeah, that's what I mean. At 45, he's still going to be. He's got to say yes. Exactly. And it, so what? They give him 45. It still gets to the end of the year, and he's going, wait, I'm not secure for next year, and my knee's a little banged up. I'm not sure. Well, but we gave you 45. Okay, well, I wanted more than that. You know that. So I, I that's – I don't know where it goes either, Mike, but I'm with you in the fact that, like, I, I think there's no, I, I mean, no effing way, no fecking way that he pays plays for 32-5. That's, that's for sure. There's going to have to be. I mean, I, I just can't imagine. First off, I mean, you know, as it looks right now, yeah, it is somewhat has a disrespectful look to it. Then just you add on to other guys that what they're making at the quarterback position, now, come on. I mean, come on. You know, he's going to look at it just as a base value and go, what? Derek Carr's making $5 million more than me? Daniel Jones is making $8 million more than me? I'm Lamar freaking Jackson. I'm like a one-man highlight show. So, yeah, that's not going to get it done. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it saves them from the scenario you're talking about. Oh, we paid him $47 million and now he's got a banged-up knee. Does that definitely get him to play the last two or three games of the year? I'm, I'm not sure about that. I doubt that this happens, but I can't help but wonder if the Ravens get to a point in September, late August, where Lamar hasn't signed the franchise tender. He's demanding significantly more than 32-4. Would the Ravens at some point just rescind the tender and move on? Is there a way these dominoes fall where the Ravens just say, we're out, we're done. Or do they continue to hang the tender on him and continue to squat on his rights? They probably would do that. They probably would do that just because we're not going to have him on the team anyway. So if he's not going to show up, he's not going to show up. That's fine. And it's arguably better that he not show up than he show up and we're in this push and pull and back and forth. And when he gets a knee injury or an ankle injury or some other ailment, is he going to play? And maybe, maybe he'll... Maybe he'll feel more compelled this year to play through it after all the criticism he took internally and externally last year, although I fully support a guy who's not 100% refusing to play without his long-term financial reward that he's earned. The problem is he should have his reward because he should have had an agent all along who had gotten it for him. But I'm just trying to think of how this ends. How does this end? I don't think he's playing for 32-4. You and I agree with that. If that's the case, what does that mean? 
And I suspect it would mean he just doesn't show up or he shows up the latest possible date. So so he can get some money, kick the can to next year and do it all over again. It may be, uh, you know, I just it's just again, it's, it's it's a sad tale right now. I don't like where this is going. This is going towards an area where it's not it doesn't seem like it's good for Lamar Jackson. Not good for the player. Yes, exactly. Not good right. for the player. That's exactly right. And we don't want to see that. And that's where it's it's uh it is tough and I don't know, you know, where it goes from here. But Mike, like I'm with you there. I mean, I, I, I was one that was sitting there, you know, you know, through this process going, Yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe this whole situation scares them off too. You know, maybe they you know, I've had crazy thoughts of maybe they you know, make a move and get a Anthony Richardson from Florida in the draft and try to just go, okay, forget it. We'll run this offense with him and go with the new young guy. I mean, again, I, I know that's unlikely, but they got to be exhausting all options and hands thrown up in the air and just like, holy crap, what else do we got to do? Are we ever going to get this done? And again, like we've talked about before, the big thing is, and you talk to anybody in football, you know, with a guy like this, not knowing what you're going to pay him and, and the planning that goes into that to, you know, get your roster in the right place for the future, that's the big pain in the butt for Eric DaCosta and the Ravens. It's hard to make big-time moves when you got a big move over here that you got to allot a ton of cash to that you can't, you know, finagle it or move it around anyway until you got this situation figured out. So that's where it's really tough on the Ravens. You know, at a certain point, and we mentioned earlier the anger, denial, bargaining, depression, and acceptance stages that OBJ may be going through. I think for the Ravens, at some point, you get to the point where you accept the fact that it's just not working. And even though the relationship between player and team usually ends for some other reason, in some other way. And in most cases, it's because the team has decided the player is not as good as he used to be, so we'll get somebody better. The interchangeable parts of the broader football machine that keeps chugging along year after year, decade after decade, generation after generation. But this just may be that one time where we have a guy who refuses to listen to anyone, refuses to hire an agent, refuses to do a deal, refuses to be a guy that we can negotiate with, and that's the thing that causes the relationship to end. And it's no different than a, a career-ending injury. It's a career-ending unwillingness to do a deal. So we're just done. We're out. And see, that, you know, well, they could trade him. Okay, fine, you can trade him. But who are you trading him to? Because he's still got, at some point, Lamar Jackson has to do a deal with someone. And you can say, well, he did his original contract. Well, there was nothing to negotiate yeah, his original it contract. Done. It's take it or leave it. Right. It's no longer take it or leave it. And at some point, you have to say yes to someone. And the Ravens, I just feel like at some point they throw their hands in the air and say, we just need to come up with a better plan, a different plan, I, an alternative I, plan. I hear you. Because this one is no longer working. I, I hear you. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think if you try to put yourself and people in the front office shoes of Baltimore, I, I, I would think that's gone through their brains a few times. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, that, that's the hard thing is just, you know, trying to figure out, okay, w w if you can get something done with Lamar Jackson, you know, one, it's the, it's the, it's like three things. It's the guaranteed contract thing. Yeah, owners don't want to deal with that. And then Lamar's inability to show that he can get the contract done. And then the injuries, the last two years, the style of play. I think when you add all those three things up, it scares people to death about him right now. And uh, you can rank him whatever order you want. Either way, there are three realities that I think would scare most you know, GMs in, in the NFL. And meanwhile, D. Smith, the NFLPA executive director, posted a column late last week attacking the NFL owners for refusing to give fully guaranteed contracts to quarterbacks. It is lengthy. It is worth reading. It gives you the perspective on where the union currently is. And, Chris, what it also does, it makes it clear that from the union's perspective, they want Lamar Jackson to get a fully guaranteed contract. And they want him to get it so Joe Burrow gets one. So Justin Herbert gets one. So Jalen Hurts gets one. So all the guys that come after, they want to transform the model. 
the way that Larry Bird's contract did with the NBA. That's the one thing that gets lost when we talk about fully guaranteed sports contracts. They have them in baseball. They have them in basketball, but they're not part of the CBA. It just became part of the way things are done. And this is that last wall that the NFL is trying to hold. They don't want the status quo to change to have these deals become fully guaranteed. And the one thing that makes it easier for the owners of the NFL teams to say no is that stupid funding rule. It's outdated. It was put in place to protect players against teams that don't have money. And now it protects teams who would have to put a huge amount in escrow if they do a multi-year fully guaranteed contract. If that went away, it would be so much easier to do fully guaranteed deals. And that's one of the reasons why it won't go away. But the bottom line, Chris, I think there may be a split in Lamar's best interests and the union's broader effort to get fully guaranteed contracts for all players. They want Lamar Jackson to hold firm. I don't know that it's in Lamar Jackson's best interest right. to hold firm. Yeah. And I think there may be some tension there. Yeah, well, th- we discussed this a few weeks ago, right? I-, I don't like the fact necessarily that the NFLPA is going to make you know, Lamar Jackson the, the martyr or the-, the example in this situation, which ultimately could hurt Lamar Jackson and what he's supposed to get. I don't love that. So hopefully they're, they're delicate in that situation and-, and realize what's the best interest there. But guaranteed contracts in the NFL – you know, I just think that's a it's a slippery slope. You might be able to get a get away with it at quarterback because of the rules and quarterbacks. You know, once you're sold, he's your franchise guy. You know, for the most part, you know, you have them for an extended period of time to where I can understand to a degree with the quarterback situation. But man, it'd be hard to guarantee other positions as brutal and as tough and physical as injury prone as the sport is there. That's where, okay, yeah, we can get to guaranteed contracts, but like as you said a few weeks ago when we have this conversation, okay, yeah, it's a guaranteed contract. It's two years and way less money than maybe you would have made you know, on a six-year contract that, like, yeah, you're only going to see three or four years of it. You're not going to see the full six. Okay, here's your guaranteed two or three years with less money than you would have made in that six-year deal and you would have saw in that four to five years before that. So that's where... You know, I don't know if it necessarily benefits the players that way with this guaranteed contract conversation overall. Every time this topic comes up and it catches fire from time to time, the thing that I come back to is, number one, every contract becomes a one or two year, three years maximum deal if they're all fully guaranteed it's signed, which means players who want to stay in a certain place may not be able to. And second, if you do have a five, six-year fully guaranteed deal for a quarterback who gets injured or isn't effective, somebody else comes in and plays the position, and that person necessarily is making less, while the person who is getting that huge contract is not contributing to the effort to try to win football games, that's unfair to the guys who are actually out there getting the job done. So there are unintended consequences to fully guaranteed contracts. And I understand, well, they do it in other sports, but they don't have the same injury rates in other sports. No, no. That's the reality. And we've seen quarterbacks get big money and then not be worth a freaking damn crap two years later. So what are we going to do? Like, oh, yeah, here's five years, $250 Oh, one year went by, he did good. Oh, man, now he's crap and he's crap. But we got to trade them, and some teams got to pay them because it's or, guaranteed now. Oh, great. Right? Well, but you know what? Current system, current system already has that, though. Russell Wilson, the Broncos would rip that deal up right now if they could. But the cap charge and the guarantees keep them from doing it. So it does happen under the current model, even without fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah, 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 you're right. Well, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it, does, it, does, it does to that, that, that point there. But it's, it's few and far between as far as that that working that way. But, uh, yeah, again, I don't know. They can wish all they want. But I think, again, if it goes Deshaun Watson, he hit the the jackpot. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But I think, again, if we get into guaranteed contract type of things, you're going to see Kirk Cousin type, type of contracts. Three years, $90 million. Three years, $120 million. Okay, that's cool. It's guaranteed. But it's three years, and then you're on the market again, and hopefully you played good those three years to, to get what you want. But, yeah, I, I don't see it you know, being much different than that. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we've got some superlatives to hand out from week one of free agency. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. 
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Now, I've used this metaphor a few times the past couple days, and I kind of enjoy it, so bear with me. He's in the same spot he was in a year ago, Chris. He's in the plane. The parachute's on. The helmet is strapped into place. The goggles are in position. He's standing at the opening. Last year, he did not jump. This year, will he jump? That's well done. I like that. Hey, Aaron, make sure you pull the cord. Make sure you pull the cord. I flew over MetLife Stadium on... Friday. It's so weird to see, a t- you know, how tiny a giant football stadium looks when you're yeah flying over it that way. LaGuardia. Yeah, but, uh, it's always fun when when you come. You never know what the flight path is. You never know what you're going to see when right. you come into Laguardia. But there was MetLife Stadium, and I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers going to be playing there sooner rather than later. All right, Week One superlatives from free agency. The first award, and these have been predetermined. So pick, Chris and I just will pick who we think fits the happy quarterback award self-explanatory well who's the happiest quarterback after last week well okay i'm i'm gonna go with one that's a little different here and the fact that i'm gonna go with russell wilson i am i mean russell wilson won and he's hit the jackpot you know yes sean payton being his head coach and maybe gonna save his career from where it looked like it was going but just the 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 automatic right away, hey, we're going to make you feel protected. Ben Powers, huge guard. You know, Mike McGlinchey, huge tackle. And we're going to start making you feel confident and feeling good back there and not put it all on your shoulders. I know there's other teams out there that put some more weapons around their quarterbacks, but I don't know, between the Sean Payton and then kind of revamping the offensive line with those two moves right off the bat – uh, I'd be really happy if I was Russell Wilson. I'd go, damn, we got a run game. Damn, I'm going to be able to sit back there, have time, and and let some of Sean Payton's plays develop downfield, so I can, you know, throw some lasers all over the place. Well, look, here's the reality too. It may be elimination of excuses for Russell Wilson. Well, that's hey, look, true we too. We went out and made the offensive line better, and you still aren't very good. That's we true. Need to move on in lieu of uh-huh. another thirty-seven million next year. So it's good and it's potentially bad because can't say it's for lack of having an effective offensive line. I'm going to go Joe Burrow on that point of offensive okay. line. Yeah, you know, I thought about Daniel Jones, right? But to get Orlando Brown Jr. on a four-year, sixty-four million dollar contract, that is amazing. That is schematic territory for the Cincinnati Bengals. When he was offered more than that last year by the Chiefs and said no, and it wasn't just a one-year deal. We talked about this earlier. When you don't get signed right away in free agency, that means you overshot the market and you're likely to do a one-year deal. He still did a four-year deal. And this is what the Bengals need if they're going to build around Joe Burrow. They need to have guys who are great players who will take less. And I know there's a question of how great is he really because it's easy to block for Patrick Mahomes. But still, that offensive line in Cincinnati needs to be improved. Orlando Brown improves it. I know they have a problem now with Jonah Williams asking to be traded. But they have their answer 
for the next four years. They wouldn't have done it if they didn't think it was an upgrade. And it's an indication you can get a guy for less than what he wants, and maybe we can get more guys to take less than what they would want to come to Cincinnati. Who would have ever thought that Cincinnati would be the epicenter of guys taking less? Yeah, no, it's 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 special. But again, it's that quarterback thing that we've talked about. You know, it's it's the Joe Burrow effect. It's the oh wait, they're going to be damn good for a while, and you know, hey, why risk it on another year? Let me just get some long term money in my pocket and go. And yeah, that was it's amazing, and it was rare, like you said. And we'll see where it goes with Jonah Williams. You know, hopefully for Joe Burrow's sake, he stays around and changes his mind and goes, okay, I'll play right tackle. I don't want to be traded, but. You know, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know where it goes. But that was certainly one of the biggest moves at free agency for sure. All right. Next, the Hustler Award. The guy that went out there and put in the most work this past week to make his team better. Chris, who do you have? Well, man, this is one where. Oh, all right. Well, I see here in the you already have Ryan Poles in there. So do you want it to go with that you first? Can, you can take. Ryan I can. Poles. Well, he's obviously the winner. He's the winner, him. right? I mean, we could t- tag team this together if you want. You know, but yeah, Ryan Poles, what he did not only in free agency, you know, to 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 get Robert Tunyon, Nate Davis, good guard from the Tennessee Titans, the two middle linebackers, Demarcus Walker, an F the play up type guy that can do different things than your D line, Andrew Billings, a run stop and nose tackle, and then of course the trade, right, Mike? I mean, you know, the trade, the picks, and DJ Moore on top of that. Um, uh, th- I mean, he's obviously won the award, but there's some other ones out there that I think, you know, deserve some some notoriety. That's for sure. Well, who else would you add? I mean, I was thinking that the Panthers as well, starting with them moving up to number one, sure. adding Adam Thielen right. last night, chasing possibly DJ Chark. They'd like to add both guys as they replenish their receiver room after moving on from DJ Moore. I kind of like what the Panthers are doing as they prepare for the arrival of their franchise quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm all for that move too, definitely. I, I mean, that was a that was a big moment for their franchise. So I I do think that was a big time move, certainly on my list. I think you had you know the uh, the Panthers. We talked about Ryan Pole and the Bear, Ryan Poles and the Bears, Joe Shane and the Giants. I think there's been some really good signings there. You know, first off, trading for Darren Waller, right, to pull that up, Bobby Okereke. The middle linebacker, right? They that was d- desperately needed. Uh, you know, uh, Nunez Roches, as far as the defensive line's concerned, Paris Campbell's got a chance. The other one, Mike, that really jumps out to me though, and I would probably, if I didn't go with Ryan Poles and the Bears, is Terry Fontenot and, and the Atlanta Falcons and what they did. You know, one I think got a lot of damn good players, right, Mike? But you know, re-signed the best guard in football and Lindstrom. Right, get the best safety on the market and Jesse Bates, you know, Jonu Smith trade style of football they want to play that way, you know, and then get two New Orleans Saints guys. The thing I love about what they did is they got guys that their coaching staff all knew or had tentacles to before. So it wasn't like risking anything. So I will give Terry Fontenot and, and that Atlanta crew some credit for what they've done. Yeah, look, plenty of teams out there doing what they can to make their franchises better. And Peter King and I talked about this on Friday. There is a sense that this is all fool's gold territory where you really can't make your team better this way. But in recent years, some teams have indeed improved their fortunes by going out and spending in free agency. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. It's got to be part of a broader strategy. And I'm always in favor of the teams that sit back and wait for the market to soften like the move the Lions made last night for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But, uh, but, but still, it's one of the tools for getting players. And, yes, every free agent that's available is available for a reason, so buyer beware, but teams out there trying to get better. And that's what fans want to see. Effort to improve wherever you are, whatever you are, in the hopes of eventually pursuing a championship. All right, the Head Scratcher Award for the week. Give me one thing that you look at and say, I don't get it. Well, it, I, it, I, it kind of got messed up because I had, this is where I had the Chauncey Gardner Johnson thing, you know, going into last night, I thought, Oh, well, that'll be when I got the rundown, I went, Oh, well, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And then of course that happened, but that's, that's one I just didn't get. I think we already talked about that. Uh, but yeah, that, that was kind of one all along here where I was just like, wait, why is this guy not signed? Is he not awesome or is he not awesome? I don't understand it. 
And, you know, I think we kind of flushed that out to a degree as far as what he was expecting in the uh, money department. I still can't believe the Baker Mayfield deal. Yeah. Not from the Buccaneers' perspective. It's great from the Buccaneers' perspective. From his perspective, I mean, this is the ultimate all-in bet. I'll take your $4 million. $4 million. That's his base pay. The number one pick in the draft in 2018, who was great as a rookie, great in 2020, would have been, could have been, should have been great in 2021, but for making a tackle week two against the Texans and messing up his non-throwing shoulder and ending his career in Cleveland. Then they get to Sean Watson. Last year, it didn't work in Carolina. It worked a little bit with the Rams, but come on, it's the Rams, so we really don't know where he is. For the Buccaneers to get him for $4 million that can be worth up to $8.5 million, I, I, I'm astounded yeah. he was willing to accept that little. The Bucks are going to carry under their cap this year $35 million for the guy who isn't there <laughs> and $4 million for the guy who is. That's incredible. It is incredible. It is. It is. But I think it's, again, like we talked about last week, options were limited. It's probably the only place where he went, wait, they're definitely going to give me a chance to compete and be a starter and now I just got to go out there and perform, and he's betting on himself. It's the ultimate bet, but you're right. It's a low number. It really is. It's rare to see a, a quarterback uh, of that stature accept that type of number, but hopefully he can capitalize, capitalize. I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield in that department. And re- remember, we love it when guys bet on themselves because it ain't our money. We get to stand and watch the roulette wheel spin, and we get to cheer and vicariously enjoy the victory if it works out that way. And if it doesn't, we say, that's a shame. And we walk over to the blackjack table to see who's betting on themselves there. Let's go ahead and take a break. Jimmy G, speaking of betting, lands in Las Vegas. We'll hear a little bit from the new Raiders quarterback when PFT Live continues right after this. Just going back to yesterday, there was a little bit of a delay. Uh, any light that you could shed on what happened, and, and uh, was there any kind of worry that this couldn't get over the finish line? No worry. Uh, I mean, it was just honestly just talking, uh, language, things like that. But no, we both sides I think knew what we wanted to get done, so it was a very collaborative actually, just us coming together. Uh, yeah, folks got a little nervous when Jimmy G's press conference was delayed by a day. You never know what's going to happen. That's the thing about these deals. We talk about all the deals that are reported. Player X intends to sign with a given team. It's not done until it's done. And, look, you could see the the shifting of the eyes as he was explaining it. Yeah, it was something. It was something significant enough to slow the process down for a day. They had to work it out. And when it's time to reduce a contract to writing, one side wants a certain thing in writing. The other side wants something else. They had to work it out. It delayed the press conference for a day. And it's never done until both sides scratch their names at the bottom of the page. So these are real issues to lock a guy in. And uh, as he was explaining it, in his all black, looks like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. And his uh, and a nice look for Jimmy G. Hey, Jimmy G. Q. I, 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 feel like it was, I feel like it was something. Something was going on. Well, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't doubt that. You know, I don't know what that language is either way. I think the, 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 you know, ultimately what you had is two sides that wanted to get it done. Two sides that I think looked at it and, wait, we don't really have better options out there, either one of us, so let's make sure we do get it done. You know, we've discussed the Raiders. They're in a little bit of a tough spot as far as they might not be in a spot to get a franchise quarterback in the top ten. There's prior history with Garoppolo. They're comfortable with that. He knows the offense. Garoppolo, there was nowhere else to even go other than Houston. And Houston, you know they're taking the quarterback at number two. So uh, this made sense, I think, from, from all angles, and we'll see what they do. Jimmy G played really good last year before he got hurt. Looked like it was on his way to one of his better years of his career, honestly. Uh, we'll see if McDaniels can get the best out of him and, and how that Raiders offense looks going forward here. Here's Jimmy Garoppolo from last week on relearning the Josh McDaniels offense. Kyle's offense versus Josh's offense, just different mindset behind it. So I think revamping the mind, the mind like that is the first step and then just relearning the, the language. It's basically like going Spanish to French, something like that. And uh, it won't take long, but I think, you know, Josh's offense obviously has evolved over the years and just got to pick it up as quickly as possible. But, you know, it'll be fun. 
Yeah, I don't know that fun is the right word. I mean, Chris, you've talked before about how complicated and convoluted it can be. And, yeah, you have to unlearn one, right. relearn another one, get reacquainted. It's been six years, yeah. five and a half years since he was with the Patriots. So that's a long time to be with Shanahan, and it's a lot of work that he needs to do to get ready to go. But the familiarity is there. It's better to have somebody who at least knew it at one point than somebody who's never learned it. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. The the, the train tracks have been laid down as far as, you know, okay, maybe maybe a few things have changed here and there as far as what they used to call it back in New England six years ago and what Josh is calling it now with the Las Vegas Raiders. But he'll know the base premises of that language. And, yeah, it's a totally different thing. Again, Shanahan's rooted in the West Coast. His dad, you know, from the 49ers back in the day and and all of that. And then Shanahan, of course, with John Gruden. And then McDaniels in that offense is from a totally different tree. And as, you know, we explained, it's a – it is a different language. It's totally the opposite in a lot of ways. But the fact that he's been there and done that won't make it as as uh, tough to learn for sure. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be an issue for him as we go forward. One more clip from Jimmy G on whether he's coming in as the Raiders QB1 with the idea that he's the long-term starter. I'm coming in with the mindset that I need to earn everything. I don't, I don't want to be given any... Uh, you know, you're the you're the franchise guy or whatever. I want to come in and earn it. Uh, I think that'll, that'll come through hard work, working with the teammates, being at the facility. All those little things will play a role. But uh, yeah, I don't want to be given anything. I want to earn it. And look, the contract. And we talked about it last week. The way it's structured, it could be as short as one year, uh, maybe two. It's only a three-year deal. It's not big money. It doesn't preclude the Raiders from getting a rookie quarterback or making some other no, plan. That's and, right. And it is it isn't your classic, hey, this is our long term guy. I mean, it's less than what he got five years ago from the 49ers yeah. when twenty seven and a half million per year was the top of the market. It's uh twenty four point two five million per year, which is as low middle class as a quarterback can be. And I always love it when the reaction on Twitter is Boy, I hope he can live on it. That's what it's not about. It's about matching your value, what you bring to the table. In those fleeting years of your life where you are good enough that someone will pay you that kind of money, do you get what you deserve? And I think where he is right now in his career, I, I think that he did better than I expected at $24.25 million on a three-year deal. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think it probably helped that he had you know two teams that it sounds like that were very interested in him that had you know prior history. Nick Casario being from New England, running the Texans now. Josh McDaniels being from New England, running the Raiders. That probably helped his market price a little bit, Mike. You know, and he, hey, let's let's. He's a good starting quarterback. Yeah, he's you know not that top top notch, top ten, top twelve guy in football, but the middle of the league, somewhere between fifteen and twenty. That's about where he is. But shown you can win football games, and I think it's the right move for the Raiders. Like you said, I mean, one, it protects them. You know, hey, we got a quarterback. But two, the contract, the way it's set up, if somebody falls to them at number seven, well, they they oh wait, we didn't think this guy was gonna. Oh, we're gonna draft him at quarterback, and then you're right, they're not devastated by that. You know, and even the pick at the top of the second round. They're in that spot where they could take a second-round quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. He was drafted in the second round or make that trade laid up into the first round too there. So I think this thing gives them wiggle room for all possibilities, let alone most importantly protects them and at least gives them one guy they know can start and play for them. This is an observation that is going to qualify me for today's Captain Obvious Award. But top five quarterbacks. Yeah. Only five teams have top five quarterbacks. <laughs> I guess in theory, one team could have two of them, but everybody else has to have a guy. Right. Everybody else needs a guy. If you're within 15 to 20, that means half the league is worse than where you are. So he does have a place in the National Football League. He's found it in Las Vegas. I think the real question is staying healthy. Yeah. Can they find a way to keep him healthy and effective and contributing? And what can the Raiders do? But he's in the division with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. So uphill climb for the Raiders. Let's take a break. We'll have more PFT Live right after this.
Cut by the Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen, now a member of the Carolina Panthers. Not quite sure what dance move Sir Purr is doing there, but regardless, Thielen may be doing some dances in the... And my son sent me last night the clip of the first Adam Thielen touchdown as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. I had forgotten this. He blocked a punt, recovered it, and returned it for a touchdown against the Panthers in the open-air outdoor stadium before they even opened the Vikings' current home. Wow. That was his first touchdown ever with the Vikings. Well, he, I mean, he's got some story. We know that. I mean, it really is just from where he came from, you know, to how he made the Minnesota Vikings football team to the success he had there, right? And, yeah, okay, you know, it came to an end, but he's still going to have a role with this Carolina Panthers football team and, like, a role that, you know, I think will be defined. And when you look at their team, they got nothing like him, so this makes sense for him and what Frank Reich wants dependable you know yeah he's not ultra explosive anymore but still can run routes work the middle of the field read coverages that way he's going to be quarterback friendly for whoever they pick at number one so that's where it's going to be you know a nice fit for him in carolina the issue is age he's 32 yeah and how much gas is really left in the tank i wonder because when he got cut by the vikings i assumed the vikings made him a reduced offer and he said no thanks i got something else better lined up we've gauged the market and it, he would quickly pivot to someone else and maybe maybe the panthers were the team that was lined up and it just took some time to make it all happen he visited wednesday got the deal done they reportedly would also like to sign dj chark who did a one year deal with the lions last year after four seasons with the jaguars he was a pro bowler in 2019 yeah he's had injury issues he's played 15 games the past couple of years so for Thielen it's age for Chark it's injury but these Panthers need receivers right and uh, Thielen new home and we'll see what he does I thought there was a chance maybe he'd end up back in Minnesota but uh, Panthers clearly willing to do more than the Vikings would do and and he he uproots his full career grew up in Minnesota high school there Mankato State undrafted goes to the Vikings on a tryout basis, becomes just one of the glue guys over the past several years, and now he goes to Carolina at the time when they're trying to turn the page and set a new culture. And yeah. I think it's it's good for everybody. Yeah, it is. It is good for everybody. Exactly right. They, they need a guy like that, right? It fits the role there. DJ Shark would be awesome. DJ Shark, so he's a star receiver. Like you said, he's just battled with some injury stuff. But he's 6'4", and he runs 4'3", and if you ever watch film, he just runs by everybody when he's healthy. So that would be great. And then you couple that with, you know, LaVisca Chenault, who we know can be a little bit of a weapon, right? We saw Shy uh, Smith, right? Am I getting that name Smith. right? I want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. We saw yep. him come on and play well, right? Terrace Marshall, it's year three from him at LSU. He's shown some moments. So there's some stuff there to work with. Even though they lost DJ Moore, there's still some weapons and all lines in the right spot. And, uh, of course, they got the draft here to – you know, make whoever that number one pick is a quarterback feel better, too, in, in the wide receiver department. And, look, the bottom line for the Vikings, they were at a point where Adam Thielen was no longer a luxury they could afford. K.J. Osborne is ready to be the number two guy. That's right. T.J. Hawkinson is a huge presence in that passing game. So something had to give in Minnesota and the Panthers benefit. Let's take a break. One return, an important announcement. As to something that is coming later today from Christopher David Sims. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. It's coming later today on Chris Sims Unbuttoned. His quarterback rankings for the 2023 NFL draft. You kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit not that long ago. I'll defer to what's on tape. If folks were watching the show a week ago, they know. They know who you were leaning toward. That's right. Now it's final. He's put in the work. He's exited the lab. He will rank the quarterbacks in the 2023 draft. And Chris does have a good track record. The haters can go piss up a rope. Chris has a very good track record at evaluating and assessing the quarterbacks entering 
the draft process, as evidenced by the fact that he was all over Patrick Mahomes, if only his friend Kyle Shanahan had listened to him in 2017, <laughs> and all over Lamar Jackson when he slipped all the way to 32, yeah. among others. Thank you. Yeah, Josh well, Allen. We won't talk about Zach Wilson. Yeah. yeah. We, won't, hey, we won't mention well, Zach Well, hey, Wilson. yeah, Zach Wilson, you're right. I, I mean, don't listen, as it stands right now, it's, I was wrong. So we'll see where it goes. You're still right. Turn it around. But can still turn it around. Exactly A year right. Aaron Rodgers could turn him around. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, tune in. I got my whole list, and it's a good group of quarterbacks. We'll have some good conversations. Check it out later today. We'll probably talk about it tomorrow. Have a great Monday. See ya. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.